Constructing your life is about much more than just building a bank account. Each week, join real estate entrepreneur and mindset coach Austin Linney as he interviews guests who are constructing their dream lives and impacting the world around them on a daily basis. If you're an entrepreneur or wanting to start a business, or you just want to hear motivating stories of how others have overcome the odds, you are in the right place. And now for your host, Austin Linney. <laughs> Guys, welcome back to Construct Your Life. This is Austin Lenny here. Guys, we have a first. This is the first time I've ever and will ever do a recording on Sunday, but it's for my brother who is busier than anything. But but guys, if you're watching on video, how could you not with that smile? I mean, he is the only person that's more attractive than me, but I'm working on it. Uh, we have Christian Kondo in the house. How are you doing, my brother? I'm doing great, man. Thank you for the introduction. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. Thank you to Ruben for connecting us, man. Yeah. So we might as well all be brothers together. But uh, do you have a you have an interesting story, man? You have an interesting story. This year has been a little crazy, too. So yeah. with my with my with my guests, I'd like to let them start the story where they want to. So you start where you want to and kind of fill people in to what you've been up to. OK, what I've been up to this past year or my story in general? Your story, my man. Man, my, my my story is uh, it's pretty interesting. So, <clears throat> sorry about that. Um, wow, where can I start? I'm born in Congo, uh, and I left when I was nine years old back in 2001. And honestly, I never imagined my life to turn out the way it did today. That's for sure. When I was in Congo, now from um, Congo, I moved to Ottawa, which is actually where I'm at right now. I live in my trouble. I'm currently visiting family right now. Uh, I lived here for nine years now. My years in Ottawa was very um, disciplined. Like I started training when I was young, uh, about 11, 10, 12 years old. I was playing basketball. So my life growing up from like 10 to 18 was strictly church, family, school, basketball, and repeat, right? Every, every single day. And I think that's what um, made me very disciplined from a very young age. Uh, from my, uh, my years in Ottawa, I moved to Montreal. Uh, I think moving to Montreal was definitely uh, life-changing in the sense where that's like when I finally had my freedom and I, I could actually choose not to do certain things anymore because I didn't necessarily have to. So when I went to Montreal, I was playing basketball at the University of Concordia. I did about a year and a half there. Um, and I realized that I wasn't really happy. Like the things that I was doing, I was mainly doing it just because of people that wanted me to do it, such as family, my community and such. So I stopped playing ball. I tried to go after football and I played football my last year of high school. And growing up, I thought I should, I should have always played football, but my uh, basketball coaches were strongly against the idea. However, people used to tell me to do so because I was a big, strong kid at a young age. So I tried football my last year. We won the championship. Um, I was an all-star and had already coaches that were recruiting me and they were telling me that I should probably come back and do a year of prep school. But me, I wanted to get out of high school and just go straight to university. So from that, I would say when I was 19, 20, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So I decided to take a step away from, from the game and just enjoy life. Cause I, I was an old man since I'm 12, like in a sense where it's like, I was always the guy when we'll be away at basketball tournaments, telling my team, guys, we should be in bed by eight o'clock. We have a game tomorrow morning at this time, you know? So I wasn't a fun guy. And my my early uni years was just to just enjoy myself. And as I started enjoying myself, 
I also had a passion for music and I told myself, well, why not enjoy yourself while making music? So I got into producing and DJing and that was around the era where the David Guetta's, the Calvin Harris was starting to blow up in the world. So I was like, man, DJing was the new superstar. So I wanted to follow and chase my dreams as a DJ. Um, I DJed for about six to seven years till about now. And right before the pandemic, that's when my DJing career, I would say, was starting to really take off. Like I was getting some really cool gigs, traveling from the south of France to Boston to uh, I went to back home, which is crazy. I went back home for the first time after 19 years in Congo um, and I was offered a DJing gig. So that's why I went. And it was an amazing experience. And while I was back in Congo, I think. That's when I started reconnecting with where I'm from. And I was telling myself, man, can you imagine what your life would have been like had you not left Congo? Could you imagine? Because so I started like creating all these scenarios in my mind that made me so much more grateful. So when I came back from Congo, I had a completely different like outlook in life. And I was like, okay, I can't just live for myself anymore. Because I know like kids in Congo, when they see a guy like me who left Congo when he was little, they see hope. They see uh, inspiration. They see this. So it's bigger than me. You know, at some point you got to cut the crap and, you know, it's not about you anymore. The decisions you make can impact lives, especially lives that you don't even know you're impacting. So when I came back from Congo, I was okay, like, what can I do that will truly continue to inspire and motivate? I've always been big on self-development. Shout outs to Ruben for that. Ruben actually bought me my first book, so, uh, my first uh, self-help book. So that's how I really got involved in that. And, um, so when I came back, I was like, okay, what, what's that one thing I need to do? I knew it was always fitness in a way, but I told myself, I've been training for 17 years. There's no way I'm not doing anything with this. Like, I'm not a personal trainer. I'm not any of that. So I started having, I was already an influencer on Instagram. So, and I was more focused on fashion and lifestyle. So I said, okay, let me try to implement self-help as well as uh, training. So I started sharing some videos of myself when I'm in, when I'm in the gym, working out and just motivating people, uh, giving out my thought of the day where like I'll post a quote or I'll read a book and like I'll share what I learned from it. And people were responding quite well from it. And then towards the end of 2019, um, my idea was to just like start pushing products on social media. I was approached by a group to open up a concept studio. So I was like, man, this is crazy. Like I put it out there towards the beginning of 2019 and then it's finally starting to happen. And then COVID happened. So <laughs> when that happened, it was kind of like a, um, I think it was a, it was a obstacle that I needed in my life to show me how bad I wanted to really impact people's lives. So when that happened, at first I was depressed for the first two weeks, but I think there was a purpose in that depression because I'm not a depressive person. Um, and but when that happened, it's probably just because it was one of the first times where I was alone. Well, one of the first times where I couldn't really go out there because I'm a very social guy. I'm always out there trying to meet people. So all of those options were out of the way. And it really made me reconnect with myself, mostly spiritually, because I think everything in life that we do is connected, the spiritual, the mental, the physical. And a lot of times we don't take the spiritual into consideration. But for me, the spiritual is the most important. Um, we'll get We'll get to that too. And so I just started trying to help people train from home. So those who didn't have any workout equipment, anything like that, by sharing videos online and doing live uh, IG, IG live workouts. So, and then I had the idea, I've, I've always lived by the same 1% better. I actually got it from the compound effect uh, by uh, Darren Hardy. For those of you, if you haven't read it, check it out. It's a great book. So I just thought, you know what, like, how can I get 1% better every day in every aspect of my life? How can I, and that's just by doing one thing that makes you better. One simple action. 
or even one simple thought and putting out there in the universe. So I launched 1% Better Fitness. I was doing free live workouts and people were really enjoying it. So I had the idea like, hey, why not start my business off, you know, online workouts? And I started that back in 2000, but back last year, uh, back in April, that's when it was officially launched. Uh, the first couple of months were rough, of course, but I never one regretted those, that decision. I never uh, once felt like, okay, I'm not really making any money yet. Like never, because I was one, really enjoying myself. And I knew that whether I'm impacting a hundred people or one person, that's, I, I did my job and that's what matters to me. So every day when I wake up, um, from the post that I post in the morning, I always, I always have a morning quote or the videos that I share. It's, it's like to inspire one person across the world. And I don't really count numbers for me. That's, uh, each one, reach one, teach one, um, teach one, reach one. So that's, that's kind of like what I live by. And then it just blew up from there. And that's how like Austin is saying that I'm busier than ever. It's just because I'm spending most of my time just like giving as much energy as I can. Like if I have a client, like it's like, how can I impact this person's life? So with what I'm giving to them, they can then go ahead and give it to their family or their loved ones or their coworkers. Uh, yeah. And, and ever since like now I'm looking at my life, I, I have never been in such a happy place. I thought I was happier before, but I think for me, the happy happiness really relies on seeing other people happy off of your work, off of you pouring your heart and soul into your passion that then impacts other people's lives. Love that. There's so much there, but, but something that hits me is it feels like in the early, not in a bad way, but it feels like in the early part of your life, mm -hmm. you were doing kind of what the community wanted you to do or what the family wanted you to do. And now you're doing stuff that you want to do. And so yeah. there's full fulfillment, not that you were not fulfilled with the basketball and the stuff like that, but you know, I would imagine the reason it hits me is I would imagine that a lot of people feel that way. I think a lot of people mm -hmm. are doing things or in a job or in a relationship that they think they should be in for this or that, the other, you know, mm -hmm. what advice would you give to them if they're, if they want to break out, if they want to to do their own thing. And that, that's why I think DJing was so a thing for you because it was you on stage. Yeah. That was you. Yeah. That was your choice. Right. Yeah. yeah. The advice, that, that's a very good point because I also realize that a lot of people think like that. Um, the number one advice I would give to people is that it's not selfish to put yourself first. And that's one of the things that we're always um, afraid of. Like, oh, if I stop this, what will people say about me? If I stop this, what will my parents, what will my... It's not like, selfish of you to put yourself first. And I always tell people, you need to make sure your cup is filled first before filling into someone else's. So if you don't have anything in your cup, there is nothing there for you to give. But if you put all of that energy in making yourself better, which is something that uh, you need to do every day, like no matter what stage of your life you're in, you always have to make sure you take good care of yourself and improving. Um, it's not, It's okay to do so. Um, that's what allowed me to break through from that because I always had this attachment that it's my responsibility to make sure that what my parents say or what my community wants me to do gets done. But if you're not happy, you're the only person that has to deal with the consequences and the rewards of your actions. So when you go back home, nobody else is dealing with that but yourself, right? But if you feel like you're doing things that make you happy and that makes you feel fulfilled, you're never going to have to have that, you know, one-on-one -on -one confrontation with yourself when you get home. You know, you're you're one person on the outside, and when you're back home, you're another just because you're you're truly not happy. So for me, it's it's just every day, just find ways, one, 
to be grateful of the opportunity that you have. Because for sure, if people have such expectation and such standards for you, that's because there's a lot that they see in you. So that's an amazing feeling. That's an amazing thing that you should take pride of, uh, pride of. Um, but remember again that at the end of this day, it's it's your human experience, all right? The life that you're living, it's your experience. Can nobody else live that for you? So think about that, and in also doing so, you'll you'll be able to realize that you're um, bringing a lot more to people that you think. And if you're not filling your cup up first, you're limiting the um, level of um, of your potential that you can reach, and that's a selfish act. Well, I think I think what's interesting is I see the same thing happen again. You know, a lot of people get stuck and they're in a position where they are an influencer or they have a business model. And I would imagine that for you to take the leap to start interjecting personal development in your brand was pretty scary. I mean, that's yeah. that's a shift, but that was for you again, right? The theme mm-hmm. keeps coming up. And because it was for you again, it, it allowed you to be happier, which in turn shows in your content and what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, for me, as being an influencer, social media, I think it has a lot of great things in it, but also intertwined with some bad. Um, it makes people think that what somebody else thinks about you, what um, they see in you matters most than what you believe for yourself to be. So a lot of people on social media aren't true to themselves just because they're trying to portray something that they believe society or social media wants them to be. Um, that's a, again, a battle that you should definitely go through with yourself. But at the end of the day, like you have to stay true to yourself. Like if, if you, if you, if you don't stay true to yourself, there is no way for you to be genuine. You know, and if you aren't genuine for me, like what's the point? You know, what's the point of doing something like, for instance, when I was in the nightlife and I was an influencer, I was living a life that I knew wasn't for me. Like I'm going out, like spending money or popping bottles, but I'm, I'm like, I ain't got that kind of money. You know, like you want to show off, like, well, you're hanging around with these people. I'm driving these kinds of cars. I'm traveling these kinds of places. But at the end of the day, like I've seen people in nightlife myself that they come and they spend the last checks when they know they got bills to pay the next, the following day, just for that moment of fame when people are bringing bottles to you and there's confettis and this and that 30 seconds and then you got to be miserable for the next month because you don't know how bills are going to get paid right and that just goes again in how much we put on what people have to to say about you and i hope one of the things that i i truly hope that covid or um confinement taught people was that alone like how to spend time with yourself talk to yourself make sure you're happy with yourself first and that's also one thing that you have to do in relationships. In the world in general, you're not responsible for anybody's happiness but your own. However, you can definitely highly contribute to your partners, uh, to your friends, to all of them's happiness. But then remember that it's not your responsibility. We all, we're all we born as whole human beings. You're born alone, you die alone. That's the same kind of concept you have to carry out every day. But it is your responsibility to give out as much of your energy, as much of you, your personality, impact other people's lives what was interesting is i was listening to a guy the other day uh kyle cease and he was talking about the the actual thing that you want is the is in direct opposite of the thing that you want and so put it this way if you want to be rich the it's solely based on how comfortable you are with being poor mm-hmm. If you want to, if you want the partner of your dreams, it's solely based on how comfortable you are with yourself, because if you're comfortable with yourself, you're going to radiate a higher, 
a higher energy and that's going to attract yeah. the right partner. Same thing with mm-hmm. money, same thing with your goals, same thing with everything. Mm-hmm. So what we've taught wrong in society is, is actually the way to be most present and, and the best boss and the best, everything you can be is actually you being hundred percent comfortable with being quiet. Like exactly. I, I just, I decided something last night and I'm a, I'm a different cat, but, um, I'm going to start scheduling in thinking time. Now I've been thinking about this Mm -hmm. for a long time, like just time for myself, time to like, think about what we're doing time to like plan out because like, I really believe that your, you know, million dollar ideas are based in thinking thousand dollar ideas are based in doing, and there's a time for doing, there's a time for thinking. And so I think the same thing that happened to you, what happened to me in COVID was it, it, it really, taught me that the things that I thought I wanted or I needed in my life to be happy, meaning we're about to get in the scary territory, (laughs) the gym, right? Mm -hmm. People's, I mean, I saw people like going in dark depressions because they couldn't go to the gym. Did you see that too? Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. so what did you, what did you birth out of that? But more importantly, what did you see? Because I would imagine going to the gym for you was a big deal too. Yeah, it, it was a huge deal because going to the gym for me it used to be a therapy. Um, for me, everything I do in my life starts in the gym. That's where I get my motivation. That's where I get inspired. That's where um, you know it's like me versus me mode. And okay, once I once I leave the gym, I'm a different I'm a different being in the gym. And once I leave with it, like that's how I'm able to take calm my whole day. I used to go to the gym every day and going to the gym and seeing people every day, and all of a sudden, boom, that it gets shut down and there's literally nothing you can do i've also started by training at home so it was an easier transition to then like okay what can i do from from my place however i was a much bigger guy at the time so i needed to lift heavy uh so that that was that, that's i think what was my biggest challenge just like changing my ways of working out and stuff but i know for the gym other people use it um to socialize People use it to just get out there and get a completely different environment. And it is definitely mentally tough. You don't have access to those things um, for sure. I, but I didn't catch the question. What was the, uh, your the question based around the gym? Well, I, I, think, I think the question is, is basically it's this slippery slope, right? And, and we've mm-hmm. talked about this a lot on all my podcasts is that a lot of guys, if they're, if they're really into personal development, they'll not go to the gym for three weeks to see how they feel about themselves. And I'm like, okay. dude, that's some, that's some next level personal development. And so how do you work out and how, how do you, how do you care? Cause I need, like, I need to work out obviously, but how yeah. do you make sure that it's not so wrapped up in your identity that it, that it affects your mood for the rest of the day? Like, I mean, it, you know, it's, it, it's, it's a really, ambig- you know, the question's like mm-hmm. really odd because it's, I, I go back and forth because I need it yeah. and I want it because it helps yeah. me feel better, but I want to make sure that I'm not too attached to it. <laughs> it's to like, it. yeah, it's like slippery slope. So for me, I think it would be more to say um, I'm not attached to the gym, but I'm, I'm, I'm attached to my body getting better, getting stronger on every, like whatever ways that I can. All right. Mm-hmm. So if you're not going to the gym, what are you doing for your better to get for your body to get better? Uh, it can be going for a run. Even resting is super important for your body to get better, right? People think that I get my results in the gym. No, you get your results in in your recovery process. And that is what you feed your body, what you put inside your body in terms of liquid. Are you drinking water or are you drinking alcohol? 
and how much time are you allowing for your body to rest? Um, when you go to the gym, if you are hitting the weights heavily, you're tearing down your muscles and they need time to repair itself. You know, even if they don't get that time, you can definitely injure yourself. So it's just understanding ways for your body to better itself. If you're not going to the gym, learn about how you can train your body better, learn how to listen to your body and learn how to take care of it. And I think, I think one of the big things, and I'd like to spend some time here. I think one of the big things that really not frustrates me, but it's very interesting to me is I think that we, you know, nutrition and working out, there's so many contrary, there's a million different opinions out there. And I think that a lot of people are stuck in the 1980s when it comes to working out and mentally. Um, what would you say? Let's debunk some myths in the fitness space. What are the what are the stuff that drives you crazy? Yeah. Ooh, what are the stuff that drives me crazy when it comes to well, what are the what are the things uh, that what are the things that clients one, I think, tell you and you're like that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> Well, one of the things I would definitely say, um, oh, yeah, let's say something very simple. Like I have a, a lot of fellas that I train. OK, they all want a six pack. And I think the only way to get a six pack is by doing 30 minutes of core every day. All right. And that's untrue, because if you're not doing any cardio, like your, your body doesn't burn fat in that one specific area. Right. It burns fat in your whole body as a whole. So if you want to get a six pack, it's not just in doing, I don't know, 200 sit-ups every day, you got to get some cardio in to burn that fat as well. You know, that's one. Um, a second thing, huge myth, myself, I was a part of it was, okay, if I want to get jacked as a dude, I got to hit my upper body, but that's actually untrue. Like start working your legs, fellas, please. Leg days are huge, huge, important. Um, so it's very, very important in your training. Me, I never trained legs. I always had a bigger upper body because I've been doing chest back this, this since I'm 12. But my legs were like this. <laughs> and the minute I changed my training and I started working my legs, the thing about training your legs, it activates the growth hormones that makes your rest of your body grow just in proportion. And your body composition is a huge part of your as different aspects of fitness. You, you have uh, You have strength. You have cardiovascular, you have your body composition, you have your mobility and flexibility. And a lot of times when guys we train, we focus on one aspect of it, and that's its strength. Or we just want to get bigger, we just want to get guilty. <laughs> you know, when you, yeah. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't work out my legs because I ride a lot. But what yeah. I'm finding is my core hurts, my back hurts because mm -hmm. my hamstrings are tight and they're not strong. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You, you see, so mobility and flexibility, that's another aspect of it that us fellas, you don't take into consideration. Like as men and women, we all have like um, the, the things that we're born with that's super beneficial. Like most ladies are uh, usually more flexible and mobile than guys, right? As opposed to guys, us, normally we have a, we're, we're born naturally, we have more upper body strength, for instance, than ladies, right? So you got to use your weaknesses and your strengths to your advantage but for guys one thing that i see in the gym we don't take we don't stretch um we we don't listen to our bodies yeah right now you're 20 you're 30 or 40 you look good but they have a long these things have a yeah. long lasting impact when you're 67 years old like there's a guy i used to really love ronnie coleman bodybuilder insane this guy and he's if, if you guys don't know ronnie Col coleman just write like uh what do you say lightweight baby that's ronnie coleman like he was always lifting heavy weights, jacked dude. And 
man, at 50 or 60, this guy could barely walk. He, he recently had like six or seven surgeries and stuff. So that kind of gave me uh, an idea that, you know, it's not about just the now. You have to think about later on too. Same thing when you're financing, right? In your finance, like when you mm -hmm. are, uh, your financial decisions, you should always be thinking seven generations ahead. It's not just about the money that you have for yourself right now. You want to think about your children, your children's children. So it's like every decision you make has a lasting impact starting in the gym, fellas. Yeah, yeah I agree. And, <laughs> and I think one of the things that helped me, and I'd be interested to hear your take on it. I know we spoke about it a couple of times, and I, I'm very adamant about this part. Um. And I'll be, I'll call myself a hundred percent out. Like, and I am a mindset coach, but this is when I started losing weight after I stopped drinking. I was not mentally strong enough when I started this journey to handle the scale. I couldn't do it mm -hmm. because yeah. it yo-yo, it yo-yoed and it yo-yoed my emotions. So I made a choice yeah. to just not look at it. Like I just was like, you know what, for about a year or nine months, I'm not going to look at it. And it wound up just chasing the feeling of feeling good. And mm -hmm. I lost like 30 pounds. Right. And so mm -hmm. on top of what I already had lost and, but moreover, what's I think is the most important is I went farther than I ever thought I could go either yeah. too, because I wasn't focused on a number or something like that. But what I, what I tell everybody is instead of worrying about like how much you can bench or like all this stupid shit, like I adopt a lifestyle is I'm a healthy person. Like mm -hmm. I'm a healthy person that moves my body every day. So if I'm on vacation, I do that. If I'm working on the road, I do that. And so I get my clients to adopt more of a lifestyle. I'm far less worried about the numbers because I think the act of doing it is almost mm -hmm. more important than yeah. actual doing it. Mm -hmm. Wow. That, that is crazy because that actually falls under the question you asked me previously. Like what are some of the things that people think that they should do that you hear from your clients? First of all, you have to know the reason why you're doing what you're doing, right? Me, I'm in high school. I just want to bench two plates. I just want to bench two plates. Like, why? You know, an Olympian or professional athlete, they want to hit a target specifically for a reason. So why are you doing it? So I love your, your idea of, like, I'm doing this because I want to feel the best I can feel, period. And in doing that, you completely eliminate everything else that doesn't matter. The problem that I have with the scale, and it's usually something that every time I get a new client, like I have to walk them through this again, the scale isn't the best indicator of your improvement and your progress at all, because you're stepping on a scale. For fellas, for instance, uh, if you're doing resistance training, you're burning fat, but you're gaining muscle. Your muscle mass weighs twice as much as your fat, but your scale doesn't tell you, oh, you lost X amount of fat and you've gained X amount. So you're just stepping on a scale. Let's say you're at 80 kilos and you step on it, you're at 83. You start panicking when you want to lose weight, but it's like, it doesn't show you how much you've actually gotten better. So uh, for me, the best indicator that I give to my clients is like, if you can start taking measurements of yourself, like your arms, your your, your waistline, if the slimmest and thickest part of your waist, as well as your thigh, these are better indicators because you can see where you're losing fat. When you're losing the fat, you can see how much slimmer, right? And you're getting, when you're putting on, you can see how much rounder you're getting. So I, I always tell people, eliminate the scale. The first month when I train somebody, I tell them is focus on how much better you feel and to listen to your body. So for, like what you did, man, is a strong accomplishment. So congrats on you for that. Um, I know how much it takes, especially for for fellas. If, if you have a, the lifestyle is you normally the um, the challenge. I don't like to use the word problem. So we'll say the challenge. The, the lifestyle is usually the challenge. Now, when you, or when you shift, 
uh, or before even shifting the uh, lifestyle, you have to start thinking about like, okay, why am I doing this? Okay, it, it's so that I can live, I don't know, 20 years younger so I can see my grandchildren grow, you know, so I can live, ex- so know the why. And the why cannot just be something temporary. It has to be something uh, long-term. And um, for ladies, again, they, there's also this thing with the scale. Guys, our hormones are always the same, right? As for ladies, it's always fluctuating. So you can step on a scale today and you're at 82 and kilos, let's say. And tomorrow you step on it, it's that time of the month, you picked up another two kilos and three kilos. So those numbers to me don't necessarily matter because they don't show you the improvement you made to your mindset, the improvement you're making on your body. And you just kind of learn how, you have to learn how to cope with that. I know it's not easy, because we all want to see, if you want to lose weight, you definitely want to see the scale. Like when you step on it, you want to see that number go down. And it's gratifying too. It's glorifying because you're like, okay, I'm doing something great for myself. But do not get down on yourself if you don't see that change. It doesn't mean that you're taking the steps towards it. If you go back to the book, The Compound Effect, little by little adds up to a lot. So when you're doing little, you're not seeing how much of a change it's making until later on you see how much more it adds up to. That's interesting. I almost think that somebody needs to go out and change the definition when you start programs, right? Like it's measurements, it's mm-hmm. this, it's that. And, and, and what's interesting is, is none of my coaching clients are allowed to work with me if they don't work out. It's as simple as that. They're, you're not, it's not even allowed mm-hmm. because I think that it's the number one pillar towards starting the shift. You know, you start feeling better about yourself. You start feeling better in the gym. Yeah. Um, but a lot of these things, mm-hmm. a lot of these things, and I know you believe this are not even, doesn't have anything to do with working out as more of a mindset shift. Um, what's available for them to create, you know, kind of the shift mm-hmm. that they need. Right. And so what are some of the, the mm-hmm. tips that you would have to shift your mindset when it comes to working out? Uh, because this is, is not a quick fix. This is now, now I will tell you this though, nobody ever can guess my real age anymore because they think (laughs) I'm like 30 years old, which I think is probably a damn good thing. So let's go. (laughs) You know how old I am? uh, Honestly, I I thought you were 37, six. I'm, I'm 38. Yeah. 38. Okay. Yeah. Because I think I've seen your pictures from before and it's true that you did look older before. But now you do look a lot better and a lot younger. <laughs> I love it. What are what are some of the mindset shifts that you can that they can start that are going to help them? I think almost more than the actual working out. Um, man, before even if I put the workouts aside, start reading books. If you're not already reading self development books and listening to podcasts, you know that for me is like the number one thing. Start reading that. Um, read about things that read about things that you love. You know, read about things that you do on a day to day. A lot of times when people get into reading about self-development, it's like, okay, you want to become a millionaire, but you're reading about uh, not necessarily how on how to get there, but you're reading about people who are already there. And that can sometimes be discouraging. Uh, The number two thing, when you go to the gym, create a program for yourself, even if you don't have a personal trainer, just look things up. Right now, there's so much information right now. Even me as a trainer, I get a lot of my workouts from on, on YouTube, Instagram, like I go and I check out some stuff and guys, there's amazing content creators out there. I'll take some exercises, 
some that I'm like, mm, I don't really like. I'll tweak it up to my own style and see like and make adjustments depending on what muscle groups I'm trying to target. And yeah, so you can do that on your own as well. You know the type of workouts you love. You know the equipments you like. If you don't like working out in the gym, like you know yourself more than I know you. So the fact that you have the opportunity and the control of that on your own, I would say uh, that would be the number one thing for in, in regards to your mind shift. Um, number three, it, it, you have to sacrifice. If you it, like the, the best things are on the other side of heart. So you have to think, okay, what am I willing to give in order to get? That's like the number one thing for me. Now, as for Austin, he said, okay, he had to give up drinking. He had to give up this and look at where he got. He looks 30 years younger. So that's always like the number one thing. Like, what am I willing to give in order to get? But, um, but yeah, I would say when it comes to mindset, though, it's a journey. So don't let anybody like implement that on you. Because if somebody wants it as, like more than you want it for yourself, at some point it will be easier for for you to give up because you're only mainly doing it as long as the person is there for you. Right? You don't want to be dependent of something. So I think for me, yeah, it's a journey. Like when you get there, you know, like okay, it's yeah. time for me to shift. This. You just know. <laughs> What's interesting, right, is because I've been going hard for like two and a half years, and you can and and don't get me wrong. Um, I, there's like a year and a half, you know, a year ago, I got really frustrated because I'm working out, but I'm still not where I want to be. But then I, then I made a decision. I said, listen, this is 20 years of alcohol abuse and late night burgers and everything. It's not going to happen overnight. Right. So the question is, if I really stuck to this program for 20 years on the same pendulum, the pendulum, how much, but then I realized that the ideal body that I want to get to it's probably like another three to four years away. Right. Yeah. So when I made that shift, I stopped worrying about all the little things. Right. And there's, there's little wins, you know, I can see the top two abs. There's, there's a win, never seen those before, you know, stuff like that. But here's something, here's something I want to debunk and I'm really over this shit. Okay. And I've never been this type of guy. So I really don't understand this, this society bullshit, but I did, and I'll call myself out. Anybody DM me and tell me, and I'll show up with you and tell me that it won't kick your ass. So I was in San Diego with a business partner and his girlfriend said, Hey, I'm going to Pilates at five 30 in the morning. Do you want to go? And I was like, yeah, whatever, dude, I'll do whatever. <laughs> I've never sweat more in my entire life. And I've never been so sore in my entire mm -hmm. life. And we become the society of if you're not slamming heavy weights, or you're not running a marathon, you're not fucking working out. But I feel mm -hmm. like we've, I feel like lately, you know, as small as it is, I feel like it's shifting out there in society and people are, you know, men are doing yoga, men are, men are doing other things. And I feel like the overall consciousness of working out is shifting a little bit. Is, is that something that you're seeing too? Yeah, I'm seeing that a lot, even on for my on my end. Like I was like that too. Like if I don't go to the gym and lift heavy weights, feel sore the next morning. I didn't do a thing, right? But I'm also getting more into yoga, and I'm realizing it's not just about getting sore. It's about also learning a skill. It's about educating your body on and your muscles on like, okay how how to move, how to you know how to train smart. Don't always train hard. Some days I go in the gym and I'm like, okay, I want to. Go, I'm going hard, lift as heavy as I can. But most of the time, I want to train smart because in training smart, like when I train some clients, for instance, and I tell them, give me 12 squats. Sometimes they want to do it as fast as they can just to show how much they can push. But it's like, no, <laughs> you want to slow things down because 
actually when you do things slower i don't know if you sometimes you know uh, what if you know what eccentric is like when you're doing negatives like if you're pulling yourself up on a puller bar it's actually harder to release slow because then you're taking the time to elongate the muscle which means mm -hmm. you're tearing it some more and mm -hmm. that's how your muscles grow you tear them apart so they can be built stronger and in doing so you're also working on a certain range of motion so the better range of motion you have when you're exercising the stronger and the bigger your muscles can grow but all of that i didn't learn that overnight by pushing heavy weight right i tried it i was starting um different types of training so pilates I'm seeing a lot of men get into Pilates. I'm seeing a lot of men get into yoga. That is amazing because those are some of the things that our weaknesses are, our um, mobility and flexibility. How many guys like you see lifting heavy weight but can hardly bring the arms behind their, their back, their, behind their back and like pull the elbow in, stuff like that. How many guys am I seeing like in the gym squat, they want to squat 300, 400 pounds, but they can hardly stand up and reach down and touch their toes. Like those are some of the things we have to be mindful of when we're training. It's about being a complete athlete when you mm -hmm. train. So it's not just lifting heavy. It's about having the right cardio. It's about having the right body composition too. How many of you guys you see in the gym with chicken legs and heavy upper body, right? So all of these things you have to consider, take in consideration. So the number one thing when you train is to educate, constantly educate yourself. This is, this is a, this is, this is a metaphor for life in general. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. if you're making a bunch of money and you're way overweight, uh, I don't, I'm good. Like if you're mm -hmm. any, if you're making a bunch of money or you're, you know, a shitty husband, I don't want to hear from you. If you're in the mm -hmm. gym seven hours a day, cause you're addicted. Mm -hmm. I don't need that either. Like there's, yeah. it, it's, you know, we, we, we become a culture and I'm, and, and just so you're clear, the, the lifting too fast and you're talking to me, it's just so, <laughs> I can't wait till these borders open up and we can fly you out. You can, oh, spend a weekend, you can spend a weekend with me because I, I really see, you know, here's what I want to talk about for a minute. You know my life. You know I'm very busy. You know I coach. I've got I'm building companies. There's a lot of responsibilities on me to podcast and everything. Headed into forty and fifty, which is you know around the corner, it's going to and probably have you know kids and all that stuff. It's going to ask more of me than anything that ever. So I know that this this health, what I put in my body, is so foundational to me showing up in my companies as a coach and as a, as a, as a business owner, I know it's the most important thing that I'll do because if I don't have that, then I can't show up as my best self. And is that kind of what you tell your clients? I mean, you know, you, you see those CEOs up there that are making billions of you know, millions of dollars. They're in good shape too. Like it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's that found it's that work that, that yeah. you call it that selfish work that I think will make you the best husband, the best CEO, the best business owner. Absolutely. And for me, I think everything starts in the way you train yourself and take care of your body. Um, I have some clients, there's one of my new clients, he's a surgeon. And he told me that he does like gastric bypass and SIS and stuff. And he's always uh, basically educating people uh, like the importance of being in, in, in good shape, but he's not in good shape himself. So that's why he wanted to start training. And we've been training for about two weeks now. And he told me that the other day, like, Whenever they have an emergency and he has to run from one end of the hospital to the next, like he's huffing, puffing. But since we started training two weeks ago, he told me, man, like I ran from one end to the next. And I was okay. Like I got there without like being out of breath. And 
that made me super proud as a coach because for me, it's about a lifestyle. Like, how is the way you train impacting the way you live, right? So if someone comes to me and they tell me as a coach, uh, I'm running a 10K marathon, I'm not going to make the person lift heavy weights because that's not complementing their game, all right? So that's mm-hmm. also the same approach people need to have when you're going to the gym. I know mm-hmm. what you do on a day-to-day. Like, okay, how is the way I train? If I'm always standing up, for instance, or if I'm always on a computer, for instance, well, I know that I need to train my upper body. I need to train my back, my shoulders, so I can always have proper posture because more often than not, I'm always in front of a screen, right, which impacts my posture and such and such. So, yeah, for me, like, the number one thing I, I tell my people is your training, it should be something that contributes to your happiness should be something that complements the way you live, right? Mm-hmm. And that starts with uh, functional training, functional movements. Like you open doors every day, you sit down every day, you go to the toilet bowl every day or almost every two days, I hope, and things. So how is the way you train complementing that stuff? For you, or someone like you, Austin, I think it's great that you've been able to lose 30 pounds. I think it's great that you've been able to um, – move away certain things you know in your life that were making you live not the healthiest lifestyle right because you kept in mind that man if i have kids or if i'm trying to build businesses like business owners can be looking at a person like me right i have mm-hmm. to start acting like the person i don't want to be right now already so i can manifest it in my life and given the fact that you're super busy it is very important that like when I, when I had the times on messed up uh, confused for a meeting this morning and you told me, Hey man, I'm at the gym. I was like, what? Like it's six 30 on a Sunday. You're in the gym. Let's go. And Dude. actually I didn't, I didn't know you were going to be able to come this fast. So I'm at a hotel right now. I was like, yo, let me start doing some pushups. Like if Austin is in the gym right now, like what's my Dude. excuse? Like, <laughs> Dude, I was already, I was already out there at five 30, but, but hear me out. So mm-hmm. tomorrow, so Monday's my long day. Right. Mm-hmm. So my long day with coaching, podcast, everything. So I have a client in New York. Well, it's you know, he start, we start in the morning before he goes to work. So every Monday I get up at 3 30 a.m. and I get my two hours in. Because I know that I couldn't operate that day if I didn't do it. And what I've realized is that just the true, you know, I've lost 25% on the body fat. And I think an overall of like 75 pounds. And I think that, I think that, that for me to show up for them, I have to show up for myself. And so what I've realized is that consistency is actually the name of the game, Mm -hmm. regardless of what you're doing. Right. Mm -hmm. And absolutely. And the hardest thing, and you know, the hardest thing for me is taking a day off. (laughs) <laughs> no 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 there's, yeah, there's, there's 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 two hard there's two hard things and i refuse for it, for it to be a hard thing anymore i don't stretch and this is i would bet i would bet just because talking to my friends i would say the numbers as high as 90 percent. don't you think that guys that don't stretch I definitely i agree with that i definitely agree with that like i will when i was a varsity athlete i never stretched well, you know why it is? And, and you know why it is? I figured out the hack. I just haven't had somebody do it for me yet. And hopefully you will when we start working together real soon. <laughs> if you put it in the if you put it in the program, if you put it in the program and I have a clear definition of what I'm doing every day, I will mm-hmm. fold it in my stuff. It's because I don't have yeah. it 
in front of me that is yeah. just left to, because like, here's a perfect example, high achievers that I've met, like people that are running big companies, they schedule in time they're playing with their kids. Wow. Mm-hmm. Because if it doesn't get scheduled, it gets left. Exactly. And so I think that if a, if a trainer taught people how to stretch and put it in the program, I think you would change people's life because they would feel better, you know? Yeah. It, it, it's crazy that you say this because it is true. When I was a varsity athlete, I never stretched. I don't understand how I did that playing basketball. I, I didn't stretch, but I was super athletic. Um, then I realized I was very tight. So when I started my fitness company, like stretching, flexibility, mobility was a huge aspect of it. So every training program that I write, every uh, training session that I do live or in-person, one-on-one or group session, I schedule in five to 10 minutes of stretching. If we're doing a one-hour workout, trust me, in that in that one hour, there's a 10-minute stretching slash cool-down segment. And some people feel like it's too long at first, but you realize how the good it does. Like you, you are training, sweating hard, tired, and then you stretch after most of my clients finish stretching, it's like they feel so much better as if they didn't really train that hard, mm-hmm. you know? And then like it kind of refuels you for the next part of your day. So that's how mm-hmm. important stretching is. And, and here's, how, here's how ridiculous it is. Now, he's, mm-hmm. I'm moving away in two yeah. days, which I'm very brokenhearted. But my, <laughs> my bodywork massage guy, who's one of the best I've ever seen in my life, uh, Reese, he, a couple episodes ago, um, I am going to get to a point where I hire somebody to come and stretch me. I know it sounds ridiculous, <laughs> no, it's but, not. It's but not. I will is, be more, I, like. I will be more, uh, I, I am more, I'm a person who's more, uh, accountable to paying somebody or somebody showing up for me than sometimes I am for myself. Yeah, man. I think it's a great initiative because that's actually something I want to get a certification in. Uh, the guy who's coming to stretch you, I don't know what certification he has, but it's something called, uh, FST fascia stretch therapy. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's basically learning how to stretch people. And that's one of the, I've, I've had to, uh, uh, one guy I know who does that and he came and he stretched me out. It actually felt better than when I stretched myself out. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I think it's absolutely amazing just because one, the person knows what they're doing Two, they know where, um, what part of your, your body needs improvement. So they know where, where to double down on, and they can also educate you on how you can do certain things of the, Dude, of the sort true. in your own. True story. He came yesterday. Mm-hmm. I couldn't lift weights. My shoulder's fine. <laughs> Hour and a half. Like he exactly. was like, and he, and he really worked on it. And he, and he, and it's like, okay, well, my shoulder's good now. So it's yeah. like, you know, and it's like, as you get older, you know, things, um, <laughs> they start creeping in more than yeah. they did. Right. <laughs> uh, but if people want to find out about your journey, if people want to follow what you're doing, they want to find your courses, they want to find your training, how would they do that? Oh, they can uh, follow me on Instagram. I, uh, my ad is, uh, ad handle is Christian Condo one Condo with a K, uh, mm-hmm. one on, on Instagram. And then you just DM me out there. I also have a fit fam on Instagram. My page is 1% better fit on Instagram too. You can find my programs and what I do out there. I have a lot of things that I offer and I always make sure that I offer some free time to the community. So every Sunday at 12 PM East, I do a free live workout. So people that are in, let's say if you're in Montreal or whatever city I'm at, I usually at a park so you can join me there. But if not, 
the Zoom link is on there. You can you can join me on there. And, you know, I'm, I'm building a team with new instructors now. So it's really good to also see the team growing so we can mm-hmm. offer even more time like that to the community. Wonderful. I love it. And I can't wait to do a live event with you, my man. man Guys, check this, check Let's this go. dude's thing out. Trust me, you'll be happy you did. Uh, if y'all got some value from this, share it with a friend and we'll see you next time. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to Construct Your Life with Austin Lenny. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to start constructing your life by taking immediate action on what you learned. For show notes, resources, and more information on one-on-one coaching with Austin, visit constructyourlifepodcast.com.